Isaiah, the first chapter, we've been on a series for a few weeks now. We're calling Willing and Obedient. Anybody remember the verse here in Isaiah that talks about being willing and obedient? Does it have some good things connected to it? In Isaiah 1, let's start in verse 2. Isaiah 1, 2. It says, Hear, O heavens, give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I've nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knows his owner, the ass his master's crib, but Israel does not know, my people does not consider. People ought to know and acknowledge who their creator is, who gives them their next breath, allows them strength and opportunity. But he said, my people, I brought up children and they've rebelled against me. Down in verse 19, verse 19, he's talking about the same thing. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Uh, The NIV says, you'll eat the best of the land. The Living Bible says, I'll make you rich. (laughs) Easy to read says, you'll get the good things from this land. Well, uh, that's part of what we were talking about earlier. It's not lack of opportunity, lack of education, lack of smarts, uh, whatever that withholds blessings from people. It is lack of faith and lack of vision. And if you believe something wrong, it can rob you. And uh, many believe, like we're talking, that Jesus was poor and so you, show, you should be too. And so that, that causes them to ignore verses like this. Hmm? If you're willing and obedient, you'll be broke. Huh? You won't have much, but the Lord will be pleased. No, you'll do what? You'll enjoy the good, the best yeah. that the land has. Yes, sir. The best houses in the land. Oh, what? Yeah. What are they? <laughs> huh? The best houses in the land. Efficiency apartments. That's not the best. Huh? One and a half. Bedroom, half bath? Huh? No yard? <laughs> well, those things don't matter. Those things don't matter. You need to talk about uh, what? The Bible? <laughs> That's what I'm reading. Come on. That's what I'm reading. Uh, cars. Tell me some good cars. You got cars, and then you got the best cars. Oh, I got, I got some response out of that one. Huh? Tell me a, 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 the best cars. Ferrari? Lamborghini. Huh? How many of them we got out in the parking lot? How many of them we got out in the parking lot? <laughs> Not enough is right. <laughs> Who 
are they for? People get upset over a nice watch. <laughs> I got more than one nice watch. Didn't wear one of them today. I got. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know you got uh, a rubber Timex that you can get at Walmart, and that's great. That's good. It's better not having a watch. But then they make other ones. Right? Yes, sir. They cost thousands of dollars. Yes, sir. But it just makes some, uh, some church going people, Christian people, it just makes them mad to think somebody has a $10,000 watch. Wow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that could have been sold and given to the poor. That is a quote from the Bible. But not Jesus. Come on, somebody tell me who said that. This could have been sold. Judas Iscariot yeah. is the one who said that. Yeah. And people quote it like it's Jesus who said it. Yeah. Wow. And it's such hypocrisy. Yeah. Such a, you know, if they could have sold their $10,000 Rolex and given it to the poor, you could have sold your Timex yeah. Yeah. and given it to the poor too. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Oh, that wouldn't matter. If a million people did it, it'd matter. Right? No, it's hypocrisy. Saying what they should do and you don't do any of it. It's hypocrisy. But besides that, who said you can't do both? Why can't you give and bless people and have some nice stuff too? If you be willing and obedient, you'll eat, you'll wear, you'll drive, you'll live in the best the land has to offer. Come on, do you believe it or not? But it's not just you'll have it automatically. Who's going to enjoy that? If you're willing and obedient. Is everybody willing and obedient? Is all, are all Christians willing and obedient? No, no, they're not. And if you're not eating the good of the land, <laughs> would this be a place to check up on? Am I willing? It doesn't start with obedience, it starts with willingness. Because a lot of things you're never even going to hear from the Lord until your heart gets willing. Sometimes people say, well, the Lord never talked to me about any of that. Uh, not because he's not trying to. Jesus said, him that has ears to hear, let him hear. What does that mean? The, the word was going out to all of those folks that he was ministering to, but not all of them were hearing it. Why? Because it takes a willing heart to have a hearing ear. If you're unwilling, you won't hear it. I know uh, in the early days of our ministry, I guess we've been in the ministry about 10 years. Uh, this is back in the 80s. Uh, Man, I, I was busy. Phyllis was busy. We were, I, I'd speak sometimes 20 times a week. And, uh, but we got in an area where our finances weren't where the, what they needed to be. And I knew it wasn't the will of God. And the Lord, and I prayed about it, but I, this went on for a couple of years and didn't get any better. And I didn't know what the issue was. And, uh, once in a while, the Lord would deal with me about going out on the weekends and ministering 
healing and faith. Well, I didn't want to hear that. I'm busy. After five days of what I was doing, I wanted the weekend off. Like you. Right? And uh, so the thought came to me about going out on the weekends and coming back. And uh, uh, of course, you know, you got the packing and the travel and the uh, unloading and loading and, and you got to be back in time for Monday morning. So you get basically like Friday evening to uh, Monday morning to get somewhere and get back and minister. And so when that thought came to me, I thought, what is that? Where did that come from? You know? And you know, if you, if you don't want something to be the Lord, you can do mental gymnastics to pretend we don't know where that came from. What? And as soon as you do that, the enemy will be right there to say, oh, no, we don't know. You just ate too much pizza or something. You just... Uh, that's a wild thought. You shouldn't even think about that. And, and time goes on. Once in a while it'd come up to me, but I'm, what, what am I talking about? A willing heart gives hearing ears. And, and one day I came in, I was in the house by myself. I went in the living room, plopped down in the recliner. Nothing was going on. Everything was quiet. And I just sat there for just a minute and, and up out of my spirit, it came again. Go out on the weekends and do this. I thought, Lord, that's you. I've been ignoring that for months now. And just, I mean, before I could finish that thought, the Lord said, now I'm going to talk to you about your finances. I had no idea one was connected to the other. But see, my unwillingness in that area was preventing me from hearing my answer in this area. Oh, friends, this is the Spirit of God saying this today. Unwillingness in any area of your life towards the Lord will prevent you from getting your answers and getting your direction, even in areas you think are completely unrelated, because it's all related. It's all connected. And so uh, we made the commitment. Phyllis and I, we, we've been to uh, northern and central Canada on the weekend. Preach two or three times and make it back. We've been to Puerto Rico on the weekend and preach. We, we went all over the place for years and years and years. And uh, waited in many airports. <laughs> Thank God for a better way. We did that for 20 years. Thank God for a better way. Oh, Hallelujah. I don't know if you know how happy I am about that. <laughs> you ever slept on a cold terminal floor up in Chicago O'Hare? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> huh? You ever missed your flight in Atlanta? Or, hmm? Well, if you just fly once or twice or three times a year, that's one thing. If you do it 50 times a year, there's a better way. And people can fuss and cuss about a preacher having an airplane, and I'm just smiling all the way to my next engagement. Because it's a. And, and you're the ones that wanted us to travel that way. Is that right? You and all the partners the Lord threw you have made this possible. 
And the same kind of thing is coming into your life, a harvest of that. You can have your own. I said you can have your own. You can have your own car. You can have your own business. You can have your own house. You can have your own boat, plane, whatever it is. You can. You can have anything you can believe for. Nothing is too big for the Lord. Nothing is too hard for him. It's just folks that don't believe it. But we do. I said we do. And right after that, our finances changed. Glory to God. Unwillingness in any area prevents you from hearing. Causes you to be dull of hearing. Uh, Notice what he said. If you be willing and obedient, you'll drive the Ferraris. (laughs) Bentleys. Mercedes, Lexus, huh? Cadillacs, Lincolns, hmm? You'll, Corvettes, okay, sorry, yeah, Cor- everybody, everybody needs a nice red Corvette sometime in their lifetime, everybody. <laughs> Motorbikes, whether it's a Honda or a Harley, whatever it is, the Lord doesn't mind you having them things. Who are they for? They're only for unbelievers. No, no. The best is for, tell me who the best is for. Hmm? The willing and the obedient. Verse 20. But if you refuse and rebel, now this verse is just as true as the one that came before it. You'll be devoured with the sword the mouth of the Lord has spoken. If you're willing and obedient, You'll eat the good of the land. If you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured. You'll be consumed. See, there's a play on the words. Willing and obedient, you'll consume the best. Refuse and rebel, you'll be consumed. In 1 Peter 5, verse 5. 1 Peter 5, 5. You younger submit yourselves to the elder. When it comes to the things of God, who's going to make you submit? Not God. Not real people of God. If you don't submit yourself, it's not going to happen. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Jesus said, come and learn of me for I am meek And lowly of heart. He said you'll find rest to your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. You cannot be proud and stubborn, hard-headed, rebellious, disobedient, and be like Jesus. That's not how he is. Who is like that? The devil. That is his nature. He is defiant. And the Bible said, calls him the God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. And Ephesians says, the spirit of disobedience is over this world. Well, you can tell that, can't you? I mean, from the time little ones come in here, they they, they may not be uh, a couple of years old. And they're told to do something. What can be their response? (laughs) No. And I mean, it can, and it can just come up out of them. It's their flesh. It's the spirit of this world. And you don't need to laugh 
Because if that's not fixed, it can destroy their lives. I said it can destroy their lives. All of the heartache, all of the pain, all, did you hear the word all? All of the tragedy in the earth is because of rebellion and disobedience. It started in the garden. Hmm? People blame it on God, but it's, it's not God who made mankind disobedient and rebellious. But we're in this world, but we're not of the same spirit of this world. Do you want to be like the master? Then you must be and become humble and submissive. So your flesh don't even like that word. <laughs> Why not obey? Does your flesh like that word? No. <laughs> obey. Try it on. Come on, sit out loud. I should obey. I should submit to God, to His Word, to His Spirit. And to those he's placed over you. But see, what, what is it that rubs you the wrong way when you hear that? Obey. Obey. This is 2016. I'm an American. Don't tell me to obey. I got rights. <laughs> yeah, you got the right to be devoured. Consumed. If you are stubborn... Hard-headed, disobedient, you're not being like Jesus. You're being like the enemy. Do you want to be like the master? He said, come learn, come learn about me. Learn who I am. Learn what I am. Learn the way I am. How are you, master? I'm meek. <laughs> Lowly of heart. Well, the enemy has convinced most people in the world that meek is weak. And so it's undesirable. Yeah. Why ain't nobody's doormat? You don't have to be a doormat Amen. to obey. Yeah. Hmm? People think it's demeaning if you're not defiant. Well, I'm my own person. I have a strong character. So does the devil. <laughs> we, we need revelation so that we are changed and become like the master instead of all this defiant world round about us. Hmm? Keep reading in 1 Peter 5. I believe good things are happening in our midst right now. God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. You cannot receive anything from God without believing. And you won't, you won't be able to believe without humbling yourself. What do you mean? Well, how did you get born again? You had to get a hold of this pride of I'm okay like I am. I don't need this. I don't need this religion. You had to repent. Is that right? And humble yourself. And oftentimes you wind up on your knees with tears. Is that right? Saying, God... I've been a fool. I do need you. 
and I do believe in you. And the moment you humble yourself, grace flows to the low spot. Oh, hallelujah. And with enough of his grace, your faith can rise up. You can receive any miracle with enough of his grace. But you have to overcome that I'm my own man, I'm my own woman, I, I don't need this, I, I, I'm fine like I am, I haven't missed it, I haven't done anything wrong. You got your problem, don't try to tell me. Attitude, yes. pride, yes. defiance, that will keep you from your answer yes. and cause you to get judged, yes. resisted of God. He resists the proud. Proud, pride is the nature of the devil. Just like humility is the nature of the Lord. Pride, God hates it. Have you read the scripture? He hates it. So should you. Say it out loud. I hate what God hates. I hate pride. I hate rebellion. It's of the devil. Keep reading verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Does God want you down? No. He wants you up. Can he do it? Can you bring you up and, and out of the problem and over the problem? But what do you have to do? Am I reading in the New Testament here? Now, what, what do I have to do? We've got to humble ourselves. Humble ourselves. Under his mightiness. Acknowledge. We don't know everything. No hardly anything. Acknowledge we are completely dependent on him. And acknowledge when we've not done what he told us to do. There needs to be a genuine humility and repentance. Can you say amen? Many. We, we've all done some of this, but many hold out. They hold out week after week and month after month and year and, and pretend like, well, I, you know, other people have missed it too. I don't know why people talk about what I did. I, and don't realize they keep trying to pray or keep trying to make a confession and nothing happens. Because without the grace of God, nothing is going to happen. Friend, people talk about breakthrough. Hmm? You want to see breakthrough? Go, go to 1 Timothy, please. 1 Timothy. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Uh, 1 Timothy 3, and then we'll look at a, another passage here. 1 Timothy 3 and 6, see why, why would the enemy care that you're defiant, that you have attitude? What, why would he tempt you to do that? Why would he work on you about that? There's some very specific reasons why. 1 Timothy 3 and uh, 6 talked about people having places of leadership in the church. 
He said, 1 Timothy 3, 6, not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into what? The condemnation of the devil. The complete Jewish Bible, complete Jewish Bible says he must not be a new believer because he might become puffed up with pride and thus fall under the same judgment as did the adversary. That would be evidenced by not listening. Pride, what would pride show? Well, you know, Saul's a good example of this. When, they, when the Lord first uh, told Samuel to anoint him as king, he hid in the back amongst the stuff. They had to go find him and drag him out. He was small in his own eyes. But after becoming king, something changed. And he became puffed up and didn't listen to what the Lord told him through the man of God. Should he have shown respect to the man of God that God used to put him in that position to start with? Should he? But he didn't. He didn't. And when Saul did not do with Agag, King Agag and the Amalekites what the Lord told him to do, you remember what the Lord said through uh, Samuel to him. He said, Saul said, the people saved all of this livestock to give as a sacrifice to the Lord. You remember that? 1 Samuel 15, just hold your place where you are. 1 Samuel 15, 23. And the Lord said through him, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you've rejected the word of the Lord, he's rejected you from being king. Not too much later after this, David became king. This is not believed by most Christians. Complete Jewish Bible says it like this. Rebellion is like the sin of sorcery. Stubbornness is like the crime of idolatry. The Living Bible says rebellion is as bad as the sin of witchcraft. Do you believe that or not? Huh? (laughs) Most most Christians don't. Well, you know, yeah, I'm a little stubborn, but that's part of what makes me who I am. That's like saying, I practice a little witchcraft sometimes, but that's part of what makes me. Some of us would know that's not the same. It's just as bad. Do we believe it or not? Rebellion is as bad as the sin of witchcraft. Others say sorcery. Stubbornness is as bad as worshiping idols. Do most people believe that? No, they do not. People say, well, I, yeah, I, I can be hard-headed and, you know, I want my own way. But, you know, isn't everybody like that? That's like saying, yeah, I got a few idols at my house. And I pray to them sometimes, but don't everybody have a little idol worship in their life? I practice a little witchcraft, not much. A little sorcery, some incantations, don't be shocked. Come over to my house and I'm, you know, sacrificing a goat and I got some stuff going on. No big deal. Now you're laughing, but is it not the same to say, I'm a little hard-headed, a little stubborn, but no big deal. The Bible says it's just 
as bad. That's how God sees it. Because actually that's what those things are. Why are people practicing witchcraft instead of worshiping God? Rebellion. Every false religion is born out of a rebellion. Every one of them. And God hates it. And you can see why he hates it. Because it has done what has happened to this planet. All of the pain and the death is because of this. And one of these days... Every rebellious one and unbelieving one is going to be separated from those who do believe and submit. Isn't it going to be wonderful to be in a group of people where nobody's rebellious? Nobody. Nobody has a problem doing what they're told to do from the Lord. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord. Are you in 1 Timothy? Okay. 1 Timothy 3, 6, he, he must not be a new believer because he might become puffed up with pride and fall into the same judgment as did the adversary. Why does the enemy tempt you so much? Why does it rub your flesh and your, your, your unrenewed mind and, and even part of your soul when, when you hear the word? You need to submit. You need to obey. Why, <laughs> why, why, why does your flesh do what it does? What does your flesh want to do? Hold on now. Who are you telling to obey? Submit. We've been delivered from all that submission error. You mean all these verses? What, what does that mean? Why? The enemy comes immediately. To tempt you to do what he did. Why? Because he does. He wants you to get judged. He wants you to not have grace. He wants you to get resisted. He wants you. He wants to get access to you. And he knows if he can get you to do what he did, you'll get the same judgment he got. Am I reading scripture or not? Fall under the same judgment as did the adversary. Am I reading 1 Timothy? Is that for the church? It is. But where where does the breakthrough come? Glad you asked. 2 Timothy. Go Go to 2 Timothy. Oh, praise God. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Second Timothy 2. I know some of this is, uh, well, most all of this is not what your flesh wants to hear. But do you like breakthroughs? Uh, while you're turning there, let me read these two verses to you. Just put them up on the screen for us, please. Proverbs 17 and 11. An evil man seeks only rebellion. Therefore a cruel messenger shall be sent against him. We, we didn't finish reading in 1 Peter 5, but it went on to say, uh, the adversary 
goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Well, see, he was just talking about humility and, and resisting the enemy. What determines whom he may devour? Well, the rebellious will have an evil uh, and a cruel messenger sin against them. Proverbs 28 and 13, He that covers his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. If you try to cover things up and act like they didn't happen, That word prosper means you won't move forward, you won't succeed. But how, how, where does the breakthrough come? If you're not prospering, if you're not moving forward, you're not having a breakthrough. But if you'll confess it and forsake it, what'll happen? You'll get mercy. We're talking about repentance. I am alarmed. And some of the new doctrines that people are, are putting forward. Come on, sir. Belittling repentance. And talking like basically it's unnecessary. It's no wonder the enemy would try to get this going. Because it cuts you off from grace. It cuts you off from mercy. What did the Bible say in 1 Corinthians, New Testament? If you'll judge yourself, what will happen? You won't be judged. Well, what if you won't? What if you're haughty? What if you're proud? What if you know you're wrong, but you won't admit it? You know you need to change, but you won't do it. You would be one of those the enemy may devour. Can you see this, friend? And it's not God's choice. It's not his fault. It's because of an unwillingness. Have we digressed? Are we still talking about being willing and obedient? You'll eat the good of the land. You'll drive the Ferrari. But the other verse is just as true. If you refuse and you rebel, you'll be devoured by the devourer. I believe we're very close to some big miracles. I do. Second Timothy, are you there? Second Timothy and the second chapter. 2.23 of Second Timothy. Foolish and unlearned questions avoid knowing that they do gender strifes. Avoid, stay away from arguing with people about stuff that neither one of you understands. Again, that's pride. Verse 24, the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all, apt, able to teach, patient, in meekness, like the master, instructing those that do what? That do what? What's the biggest, biggest problem people have? People say, well, the devil, the devil, the devil. Uh, the devil can't do anything unless we give him place. If he could, he'd have destroyed us long ago. Mm-mm. No. And then people try to blame God. Well, God just don't want me to have it. That's not true. 
people oppose themselves. In, in meekness, instructing them, if God peradventure will give them what? Will give them what? Repentance, Repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. truth. What will the truth do for you? Verse 26, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the enemy. Why does the enemy ensnare you? Why in those days would you trap an animal so you can eat it, devour it? That's why they trap birds and animals. Why does the enemy set you up, tempt you? To trap you so he can devour you and destroy you. If you're being destroyed, if you're not enjoying the good of the land, the first place to look is my heart. I don't have to know everything. It's not about just getting more knowledge and understanding. Uh, the Bible talks about people in the New Testament ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Why? Because of heart problems. You can't learn enough to fix a stubborn heart. It just has to be a choice. What's the choice? Oh, friend, do you see breakthrough here? Come on, do you see breakthrough? I believe this is from the Lord. Breakthroughs are supposed to be happening all over this church. All over the church in Sarasota. All over the church, uh, the people in the church that are watching from other places. How's it going to happen? Well, I'll learn more. I'll I'll take more notes. I'll I'll do. No, no, no. We need to learn more. No question about that. But mm -mm. What? what? Read it again. Read it again. If God peradventure will give them repentance. Repentance is a gift. People despise repentance. Especially some people today. You said the word repent. And it's like the same thing as like saying submit. Or obey. Repent. You think I've missed it? You think you haven't? <laughs> huh? You think, you think you've done everything? The way you should have? You know in your heart. Right? And it's not a matter of receiving condemnation. It's a matter of being honest. And acknowledging the truth. Right? And acknowledging. Oh, so many folks. They just want to blame somebody else. Well, they treated me wrong. They didn't support me. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. Yeah, but go back. (laughs) Go back. Back before that. Back before any of that happened, did you ignore what the Lord told you? Did you not do what he told you to do? Maybe they didn't do right. Maybe they did do wrong. But would any of that had ever happened if you'd obeyed? So who's, who should take responsibility? How do you do it? You humble yourself. And you say, Lord, I didn't listen to you. I should have listened to you. Hmm? And you repent. I don't mean you wallow in condemnation. I just mean you acknowledge the truth. Hallelujah. And the Bible said, if you do, you will get mercy. 
You will get grace. You will get help. What will happen? He said that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the enemy. This is break out. Break out of snares. Break through the clutches of the enemy and into liberty and blessing. What initiated it? Repentance. The Lord, the Lord gave me this. I, I believe he did. Last night, early this morning. How, how do you get breakthrough? Two words. Repent and believe. Repent. It's not a bad word. It can be as simple as acknowledging I've been thinking wrong. I've been believing wrong. Right? I've been talking wrong. So I'm acknowledging that and I'm quitting that. Is that right? And I'm going to believe this. And in many cases you need to say I didn't listen to you Lord. I didn't respect what you told me. I didn't do what you told me. And you need to be genuine. It's fine if you put your nose on the carpet. This is exercising humility of heart. I'm not talking about receiving condemnation and living in it days and weeks and all that kind of stuff. Just acknowledging the truth. Oh friend, it's when the breakthrough comes and grace flows to that humble heart. Glory to God. And you can break out and recover yourself. From what the enemy's been doing to you. You judge yourself and you won't be judged. Oh, but friend, if you stiffen your neck, harden your heart, won't talk about it, pretend you you didn't mess up, pretend you didn't know, it'll get worse and worse and worse and harder and you'll be judged and you'll be mad at God. You can be mad at everybody you want to. But it won't change a thing that it was you that got you here. Hallelujah. I believe God's a good God. I believe He's a gracious God. I believe He's a merciful God. But I'm confident to know the scriptures that we we need to acknowledge when we have missed it. Hmm? Stand on your feet, everybody.